We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. We're here live with you. Speaking of we, I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cousin Nope, <laughs> Charity, aka Blazing Gardner. It's, it just helps to include her in that it because it gets the flow. Charity, aka Blazing Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash Rooster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And we're here to talk about The Last of Us's fourth episode titled, Please Hold On to My Hand. And we're here to do our reaction to this episode. No notes. Lois doesn't like that you're already late, Dave, so... <laughs> That's just rude. Forgive us, Lois. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, Forgive us. Just, we, you know, we, we worked it's so hard a, to get here on time. <laughs> okay. Hi, Mitchell. Glad you popped in to say hi. Hey, Mitchell. Yes. I, I'm happy every time you even check in telling us that, tell, telling us that you haven't seen the episode, we still want to say hi. It's really, really special, and I appreciate it every single time. And Lois Martin. Hi, forgive us. And Takira, <laughs> hey. Sleeping. Hey, Takira. no, I had to pee. And then we were talking about <laughs> Yellowstone Takira. for a hot second. And well, they were. And I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen any of it yet. But uh, hi, everybody. Okay, so Mitchell said also the next episode will be this Friday, February 10th, because of the Super Bowl on Sunday. <sighs> I saw that when I started the episode, there was like a thing that came across that said that. And I was like, that's weird. Why do they but, want to ruin our lives? What? The- duh, that's hard on us. Though. So, <laughs> well, thanks, we'll go- HBO. Yeah, we'll go live that day too. So, no worries. I think. Weren't they in Kansas City in this episode? Yep, that's right. Okay, well, Kansas City's played in the Super Bowl Sunday, so <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. It should air on Sunday. Anyway, <laughs> hey, everybody. Kansas City in Philadelphia, I think. Oh, yeah, the Eagles, right? They made the Super yeah. Bowl? E- yeah. They, uh, Eagles, they don't the want Eagles their numbers to go down, you know what I mean? They want their numbers to keep <laughs> going up each episode. So. By the way, I can hear Philly from here. They're still partying about being the Super well, anyway, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thank you to your oh, two days early. Nice, yeah. Oh, don't be late. Okay, we'll be <sighs> Lois. All right, I won't be <laughs> <Lois>. late. <laughs> Slave driver over here, <laughs> relentless. <laughs> you know. Anyways, all right. We watched a pretty shorter episode. Oh, pff, Takira with her little. Oh, sh- now she's in the whispers here, probably. But I have no idea. But she joined oh. the subscription. Hey, Takira, thank you for joining. Hey, if you Takira. are, get on in here, girl. Because <laughs> there's a link to join us uh, in the Discord. <laughs> It's because you're a whisperer. So Takira's like, I can't wait for him to read my comment. I'm going to show up on stream and ruin everything. You make everything better, Takira. Thank you. Thank you for always being here. Okay. So this episode's actually slightly shorter than most of the episodes. Actually, a little shorter than Infected, but uh, it is definitely one of the shorter ones. Last week's episode was uh, was 80 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. And we budgeted our live stream accordingly, not like some people we know. I actually appreciated this episode, I think, a little bit more because there was a lot more emotion, obviously, than the last one. You know, like we didn't really go anywhere in the last one, technically mm-hmm. speaking. We kind of went back I thought in you time. said a lot more emotion. I was like, excuse me. Oh, yeah, there, there was, was a emotion. lot of emotion last week. <laughs> emotion, a next product by Samsung. But yeah, I mean, this episode had some emotion in it too, but I think it had a lot more movement into the overall mm-hmm. plot. They actually make it to Kansas City from where they were in Massachusetts. That was pretty cool. You know, skip all the bad parts. <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode? Let's start with Charity because it's it's been a while since 
since things have worked out so that you could be here with us in the reaction video. I liked it. Maybe not as much as last week's because last week's I really loved. I love how much humor they put into this show. <laughs> the dynamic between Ellie and Joel is just hilarious. At the end, when they were just laughing together, I, mean, I was almost tearing up at that. I'm like, it was so sweet. We didn't see an infected, but like Joel keeps reminding us, the infected aren't really the danger in this world as much as the people are. Right. That was a good reminder. As we see, the people are the danger because they come into the town and they get attacked immediately. But I thought Walter White was the danger. Hmm. Maybe if they were in Albuquerque. I was just going to say, <laughs> they're in the wrong area. <laughs> Is that one of those jokes out of uh, Ellie's book? <laughs> yes. yes. Actually, it was out of your book, Sharon. I, I took a page from your <laughs> Joking aside, when they were at the gas station, I think it was a, right in the opener, it kind of did remind me of the gas station in, in Better Call Saul. I was just kind of like, where is my brain right now? Why is, is Saul going to make a phone call to Kim after all these years? Anyway, oh, I, did you get that, Sharon? I, I don't know. Okay. That's just <laughs> no. sad for me then. <laughs> How are you feeling, uh, Bridget? I had a little bug this weekend, huh? Yeah, I'm tired. I don't feel super great. Mm. I already called out of work tomorrow. So oh, wow. You're lucky well, I'm here. Look right at this. <laughs> Aren't you, everybody, round of applause for Bridget for, for toughing it out and being here with us this today. This is commitment. Now, don't go to the bathroom during the stream. This, this is a live stream. It's not a pre-record. <laughs> Kidding. Just, you can do whatever you want. Because, you know, as diarrhea. If I have to, it's coming either way, Dave. So. Right. I mean, it, it uh. runs in your genes, so. <laughs> right. So avoid it at all costs. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. A couple things, right, from the video game aspect. <laughs> okay. Well, how, how far did you get? Let's start with that. Okay, not very far. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so okay. with me being sick, normally a player of the weekend, and I just wasn't feeling it because I was, I was in bed a lot of the time. So I spent some time today working on it. The music and what was happening in the game was stressing me out so bad that I was picking at my fingers. That's what I do when I'm like really anxious. I was doing the same thing. I didn't get very far. And then I kind of was like, well, I don't know what to do. I want to have some perspective for the episode. And this is kind of like what I'm, I'm like responsible for this. Let me just watch part of a walkthrough, which <laughs> I hate. I don't, I don't watch walkthroughs. I'm not a walkthrough person. I did it recently. And my husband like, oh man, like picked on me so hard because I was giving shit about walkthroughs because I would rather just play a game. It's like wrecked if I spend all this time reading how someone else got through it. So oh, well, you read it rather than watched it though. So that's no, I ended up watching it. I was oh. like, well, I'll just watch it. I know this is okay. like it's twice as bad. <laughs> so honestly, yeah, I wa I watched it and it wasn't much further than I had made it. And I watched it for like longer than I was playing it. So the person was just like getting every single collectible and stuff. So it was like uh, taking a really so long time. Boring. I know. So boring. That's me. By the way, that's me when I play a game is just I'm a completionist. It's terrible. Yeah. I watched that for less than an hour. I'd played for probably about 45 minutes to an hour and it got to a point that I was just like, well, well, this is the amount I would have played. Roughly two hours. There's not really any story that's happened. It's just sneaking, which like, <laughs> if you're, especially if you're watching it. I don't play Assassin's Creed. I'm not <laughs> into that. That's for my husband. He likes that. I don't like the sneaking around. His or thief. I just want to go okay. in fighting like guns blazing, but I kept getting killed that way. So I like had to sneak. Uh, so I was getting so anxious and frustrated. So I just stopped. But as it turns out, this episode isn't even in the game. None of this is in the games. This isn't real. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it <laughs> didn't matter at all. I looked it up because I was like, who is Kathleen? They made up this character for the show, which is fine. <laughs> which makes you wonder like, oh, should I have looked this up before I did watch all this nonsense garbage? I know, right before I wasted all my time because I still
still have to play it. So I like, what did I was, what was I doing? As it turns out, the group that I had encountered in the game is called the Hunters and they're in Pittsburgh, I think, okay. where they're supposed to be. But anyway, this group is supposed to be like the same group kind of, but they wanted to give more depth of emotion and more gray area of like, no one's a good guy or a bad guy. Like they're all just doing what they can to survive or, you know, or whatever they think is right. It's like that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> that we're familiar with in The Walking Dead. You're right. Are you trying to say that people from Pittsburgh lack that nuance? I didn't say that. Uh, clearly, <laughs> the showrunners said that. So suck on that, <laughs> Pittsburgh. I like how you didn't even bother pinning it on me. It's like, no, no. it's the showrunners. That's it's my takeaway of the showrunners. Okay, <laughs> I will say the jokes. Those are in the game. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think after the first episode, I had seen like one of those super cuts from the game of all the punny jokes and uh, well, not all, but you know, a nice, a nice torrent of punny jokes from They're Ellie. Just bad. They're yeah. just bad. They're so bad. Joel was not about it in the game. No, but... Joel is just always like, oh. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. just stop it. Stop. In the show though, today, we did get a little bit of that fast oh, forward to like when Joel's like, okay, all right, that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> pretty heartwarming. I felt like that was the first time Joel had laughed in 20 years. <laughs> And it was uh, the worst joke. It was mm -hmm. so gross. Yeah, but those are always the best. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's the first thing he said. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's I mean, so when dumb. I was working in the restaurant, one of my favorite things to do when I would go up to my customers would be just tell them a stupid joke because if you can get your customer to laugh with you, then you've got them. You know what I mean? And so you go up and you're like, hey, I got a little joke for you. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's funny. You know, even though it's stupid, they're like, well, that's the funniest joke. But then they like you. Or at least they kind of drop their guard a little bit. Right. You've made a connection with them. And then stupid <laughs> jokes will do it. Yeah. yeah. Lois seems to think uh, that's true too. The, she says the jokes are great. Tahir says, yes, them laughing at the end was really a nice moment and I knew they would ruin I knew they would ruin it. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> lol. Takira says, yes, we are essentially more important anyway, responding to you, Bridget, for being here. She says, oh my God, I've not watched Clearly. any of the playthrough this week. I seriously need to catch up with, without passing where we are on the show. Well, apparently, Bridget saves you some time. <laughs> a little bit, I guess, maybe. So, <laughs> thankfully. But that's what Bridget does. She's here to serve and put pressure on herself to be a perfectionist and unnecessarily the, yeah right. it's like that's my mo right so yeah well you're still on brand <laughs> <laughs> getting a little peek into my psyche everyone <laughs> Well, we all have our thing. Apparently, mm. last week, as I was re-listening to the show for the blog this morning, I, uh, I realized how much of a conspiracy theory I am threatening myself to be. So, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Fred was Fedra was there from the jump. It's a pandemic. Oh my god, <laughs> you're worse than I am, Dave. <laughs> and that's saying something. I have a, I'm a, I have real a vast Bill. imagination, man. I don't <laughs> let myself say the things out loud usually, but Bill had a way of uh, <laughs> bringing it. <laughs> out of me. Not Bridget, but Bill. Uh, although I hear they're the same person. Basically. <laughs> I know that the magazine in the back was straight out of the video game. Yes. Mm, exactly. Yeah. That is something I wanted yeah. to comment about. There were a handful of direct scenes in this episode because they're changing the story. So it's smart that they're including these little pieces for people. To stop complaining. <laughs> yeah, because like Ellie doesn't have a gun at this point in the game. Mm. So none of that would have happened. The jokes were there the magazine was there the comic book that is a thing that we see throughout. what uh, what oh, comic book i must have the comic book that's right i'm sorry so the scene in the car or in the back of the truck where she's like grabbing all that stuff once she stole that stuff from bill which is really funny because yeah, well he's Bill's not doing still anything alive with it. when they leave him and he oh, specifically okay. told her not to touch his 
in the video game that's what okay i wasn't clear <laughs> on where stole you were all that stuff it was so funny and then that she was messing with joel about that why are these pages stuck together in the video game that that happens <laughs> so too? inappropriate yes it's nice. the exact same line the reason that she starts talking to joel isn't like oh hey check out what i got it was she's like oh man and he's like i thought you were sleeping and she's like i got to the end of this comic book i'm sorry because i got onto like this tangent earlier today where i was like you found a comic book and then you like check at the back of it and it's a dark horse comic and i was like is this a real comic and then okay. i had to look it up and it's a tie-in to fear the walking dead it's not real it was made up for this um it's called savage starlight a sci-fi comic about um a doctor starlight <laughs> who can travel faster than the light the speed of light <laughs> Something to that effect. Okay. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, definitely. Lady Flash. Definitely yeah. OP. So I'm sorry. I thought she introduced that at the end. I was excited that there was like this potential for that to be in there too. But no, that didn't happen. You know, why don't we jump from there to the end, actually, of this episode where there are illusions of Kathleen, I think, looking for these two boys, these two young men or boys. Like one one yeah. looks definitely older and they are depicted in some of the drawings in the room that they find mm-hmm. where they were holding and out. And he's in got the little eye mask. Right, he had the little Superman, the little mm-hmm. mask drawn on sam yeah. I, sam is the younger one and henry right. is the older one. Oh, so that's the henry she keeps going on and on and on about right is exactly. this little kid yeah i mean she seems nutty right like I, but you don't really know <laughs> you don't really really know and for all we know she has a good reason uh, that's the thing like well her brother's th- dead that's her reason well that's a whole other reason though maybe uh, i mean i've i got the feeling that she thinks that henry is this big mastermind behind all these attacks or whatever and it's like this little kid so is this kid like a super genius or i was assuming it was like a grown person who was right. caring for a child i was thinking the same thing yeah clearly there's a, an element of what we often refer to as kids in the apocalypse I, what are you gonna do cue <laughs> <laughs> kids in america right here just play that play that tune yeah. Well, I was thinking like more getting the house, Carl. Uh, then the opposite of it was like Sam Anderson. And you get the other side, his brother, Ron Anderson. Is They're all over the place, kids in the apocalypse, especially kids born after the apocalypse, except for Judith, obviously, because we're stupid. And she's great. But I'm eager to see what this is all about. They're like playing pretend and they have guns and they're telling Ellie and Joel to shush. And it, it's a nice little interesting setup for the two for like this two parter <laughs> episode. Shushy. Little whisperers. <laughs> Well, they are wearing eye mask. Uh, Little baby alpha. Uh, it's like it's like the whispers, except with superheroes. Ooh, I don't like that at all. Well, <laughs> anyway, there is a general sense of creepiness throughout all different sides of this faction, except for like the doctor who only seems like the normal one. And yet he was a part of or involved in Fedra, it seems like, if I'm not mistaken. It's funny because we've painted Fedra, especially me last week, as <laughs> sort of... This like insidious governmental bullshit <laughs> pandemic organization that skirts the freedoms of others. They were set out through the federal government. And then this guy seems like the only normal person that we <laughs> as in, the audience in meet. This episode. <laughs> right. I guess uh, based on Kathleen's allegations, he was selling out his neighbors. So it was a real uh, Nazi Germany parallel there. Mm, yeah. Assuming that's even true. She could be totally crazy. There could be some sort of exposure to mercury or something happening. Or she could I don't just know. be crazy because she's been living in the apocalypse for 20 years. And she's that's kind of the vibe mind. I was getting to. 
It's like a yeah. Mad Max type situation. Oh, and their vehicles. Yeah. Right. Walking Dead Eternal just said Kathleen's group reminded them of them of the CRM minus the helicopters. But I was thinking they were like more like a Mad Max version of CRM because they weren't shiny and new and all matching uniforms. They all had cobbled together stuff. They had a truck that had it looked like it had panels <laughs> welded on it and stuff painted on it. And yeah, that's like they end- had matching uniforms. They all had like like mismatching face masks and helmets and. Yeah. It reminds me of that movie. What was it called? Was it Doomsday? Let's go to the comments. Uh, like Walking Dead Eternal says that this episode is like, it's like the father-daughter dynamic Joel, that Joel and Ellie have. Lois Martin's laughs because, you know, we're funny. Yeah, she, she says she got jokes. She reminds me of, I can't think of her name on fear, Charlie. Oh, okay. Takira says Charlie. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I can dig it. Obviously, like next level. It was Doomsday. Okay. Well, what is Doomsday again? Sorry, just this backtrack. And- 2008 film directed by Neil Marshall. It starred Rona Mitra and Malcolm McDowell, which mm, great stuff, okay. right? There's an infection that happens and then an entire portion of the city is quarantined and they're told that everyone there is dead, but it's not true. They have like their own weird Mad Max civilization mm. that they've created. They've run amok. Yeah. It's kind of like Lord of the Flies meets Mad Max. I'm Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yeah, it's my you impression know, trying to get Thanks. He's Thank trying you. to get water out of people. No, that's a different movie. Whoa. Um, <laughs> He's been in a lot of just B sci-fi shit too. Just just weird post-apocalyptic stuff. It's like going from like Clockwork Orange to to today. The guy. No, worked. I did not mean Doom with the Rock in it. <laughs> this is Walking Dead Eternal. They thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> which is based also based on a video game, which scared the pants out of me. It's a good video game. You youngsters, you know, you grew up all the, the 3D rendering and OpenGL and DirectX and all those fancy graphics. Well, you must look on Doom as if it's like, what? This is not scary at all. Meanwhile, 1994 version of Dave was playing Ginny. Doom and it was Sorry. just absolutely Sorry, crazy. I was reading the comments and Gin- Ginny just came out of my face. It's like I'm not even here. <laughs> What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to go play Doom now. Thank you very much. Let me share my screen as I play Doom on the internet, the World Wide Web. I hope you're you're streaming on Twitch. I am streaming on Twitch. This way I'll pass the copyright for the music. Anyway, let's go to some comments <laughs> to recover from this disaster. Lois says she shot Morgan. Oh, Ginny. Yeah, Takir says, oh, Ginny. The Ginny just Ginny. came out of my mouth. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. This isn't the boys. That would be Ashley. Anyway. Yeah. But when you saw Ashley, you thought, oh, it's Ginny. And then Actually, she my first thought was Colby. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. I don't know. The impression I get of these people is that, like you said, Sharon, I don't know if they're good or they're bad. It just seems to me like no matter what we think of them for now, Joel, just judging from the last few episodes, was formerly part of the Fireflies, did not like Fedra from the jump, obviously, doesn't really want to side himself with anybody, no connections to people, which, you know, Wait, are you saying the- Joel? He wasn't with the Fireflies. It seems like he was with the Fireflies in as much as he was trying to keep his brother alive, quote unquote, to get to mm. Boston QZ, let's say. Or I don't know, maybe afterwards. 
for a little while until he met Tess and that made it so that he would just forget everybody. Who cares? I don't know. That's, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If you guys think uh, otherwise. I think he was more like Tommy joined the Fireflies, but even he got disillusioned with that. But remember in the episode one, when the truck, when they get in the truck and they leave to go to work and there's a um, desert store and bumper sticker. Oh, I didn't see that. I assumed it was Joel's truck. Me but too. now that he said, he says that Tommy was an Operation Desert Storm. And not Joel. Okay. And not Joel. I'm guessing it must have been him. But anyway, I know that's not really important, but no, no, I, I assume that Joel was the Operation Desert Storm veteran, not I Tommy. did too. He did make it seem like it was only Tommy that joined up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, clarified that, yeah, that it was it was Tommy this whole time. I mean, Tommy's a joiner, apparently. That's his thing. He wants to save the world. Like most of us feel like when they when we watch these shows, we are. But we, <laughs> it turns out we're like yeah. a bill. We're, <laughs> we're a, bill. a real we're just, bill instead. We're mostly bills. <laughs> And maybe all these, you know what? This town is basically a bunch of slightly less Billy Bills. Imagine <laughs> if a whole bunch of Bills joined together and formed a town. That's how these people are acting. That's a trick question because Bills would <laughs> never bills, join together. Exactly. I was going to say Bills would never <laughs> join together. It would have and, to be a town of Bills and Franks. <laughs> There's a joke there somewhere. Bills no. and Franks. <laughs> no, no. Takira says Melanie Linsky is getting cast as a psychopath more and more often. Her first big role was as a total psychopath because she was Rose on Two and a Half yep. Men. And she was a complete and utter nut job on that show. She was. It was awesome. Including shoving Charlie in front of a fucking speeding train, which is why Charlie, when Charlie Sheen left the show. I just, I love wow. that because um, she's got that voice. So it's like, it's just so Very good. unassuming. Yeah. It yeah. lends to some comedic timing. Yellow jackets, fire fireflies i mean whatever it's all insects mm -hmm. she was on castle rock she wasn't necessarily crazy on there that's fine because i have to admit something that I haven't really said out loud on this show ever. And it's that I have this really weird attraction to her. It's very strange. She, <laughs> she was She's on a good a, looking lady. This is exactly how my wife described her attraction to her. Like, oh, he's kind of good looking. Pedro Pascal. It's like unassumingly attractive. You're like, you have to take a second look to be like, oh, yeah. Mm. Melanie's the same way, but for me. And you know, guys, we, whatever, everything that moves. But like her, it's like, <laughs> you kind of have to, you do that second look and you're like, oh, yeah. Mm, mm -hmm, yeah. It's also like the, roles that she takes she as an actor takes on these really really smart unassuming roles too you mentioned Ye yellow jackets yellow it's jackets. the same i loved the shots and the scenery when they were driving in this in this episode however mm. i would have been super duper duper leery about driving over a big ass bridge after 20 years of no maintenance mm. <laughs> it <laughs> made me point. think of um world beyond when they had to cross the river and all the bridges were falling in blown mm. up right st louis was, yeah right near st louis about mad Man across the real yeah, water. I always forget. Across the water. Yep. So there's a really cool show called Togetherness with Mark Duplass and Melanie Linsky and uh, Steve Zissis, which my friend and Josh would go back and forth, like trying to say, no, you're a Steve Zissis. No, I'm a Steve Zissis. Funny, kind of awkwardy looking guy. Great show. It's on, I think it was on HBO. Yeah, that's right. Also on HBO. So if you're watching The Last of Us, you might take a detour at some point and watch this short lived, I think, two season comedy television show. Really, really great. And she is amazing in that show. She kind of starts off like a little slow and then all of a sudden she kind of owns her character just before you cross into season two. I'm sorry to detour. This is how much I, I really like this character and this actor and uh, why I'm so attracted to her. So let's move on, everybody. I hope she becomes really, really interesting on the show because right now I really don't know what to think of her as opposed to the last episode where I really leaned into my paranoid, not schizophrenia with, regarding Bill and his uh, conspiracy theories. So I'm kind 
kind of on the fence about how I feel about her character, Kathleen. Where do you think she lies on the spectrum of good guy versus bad guy? Or oh, she's crazy dumb. Uh, yeah, I think she's. I think she's a little Looney Tunes. Mm. But what if it turns out that she's kind of right, and these kids are kind of cuckoo bananas, dangerous in superhero grease paint in their faces? And well, then cartoons. this show was going in a very strange direction. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe it is. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. You never know, guys. You never know. The song at the end that they played at the end of the episode is called True Faith by New Order. It was released in 1987. It's an 80s mm. song. Trouble? Because there's trouble. But the B-side of this album is called 1963. <laughs> Not bad. Man, you when looked that shit that? up real wait, quick. Wait, wait, When was that Hank Williams song released? And is that where uh, we get the title Hank. track for this episode? Where so, does Please Hold On To My Hand come from? Which I spelled wrong, actually, in the title. <laughs> I don't think that was in the song lyrics. It's I'll Never Get Out Of This World Alive, I think. The Hank Williams song? Mm-hmm. Watch Doom like five times. Takira says, Walking Dead Eternal was asking because I haven't seen it. Good. Probably better off. Yeah. <laughs> Takira says, it's like, heard, you're not missing Every anything. time people try to make a Doom feature film and some have been made there was one uh netflix release of that came out like maybe a couple of years after the game came out with their like doom 3d i think it was they yeah, came out was. with another doom remake i, I heard it was don't also do garbage it. just don't do it just leave it alone Takira says i feel like i saw her always a bit off kilter but yeah she's full-blown crazy <laughs> walking to eternal says i know i'm late on the movies well it's it's okay we just we've lived longer that's the only <laughs> edge we have you're messing with me I you're clearly okay you're fine just, we'll teach you things it's like old people do anyway takira says no way i'm driving over that bridge good because we want you and at richie and all those people's your family safe the ones you care about uh no way uh walking to the says the joke ellie told joel at the end made joel laugh was funny it wasn't but it's just like dumb jokes sometimes <laughs> they just like invade it's they infect you like these cordyceps it's just sometimes they just burrow their way into your, your lungs and you just <laughs> And then all of a sudden you can't stop laughing. And also and the scores. delivery was pretty good. Yeah. I have to ask you a question. But she- <laughs> the serious question thing. You know what it is? It's sometimes, sometimes it's not the delivery, but like how if somebody reacts to it in just an off way or it catches you, then the other person start la- starts laughing and then you start laughing at your own joke, obviously, like I do all the time. And then that magic happens, right? You ever barf a laugh up? You're just like, and then like all of a sudden the other guy goes, what was, what was that? And then you all start laughing at what the hell was, what's that? Anyway. He tried it. He tried yeah. it. It's just that you guys, it didn't work. <laughs> Oh man, Hillary Burton Smith is on that show. You mean Hillary Burton, Hillary Burton before she was Hillary Burton Morgan, right? That's I think that's what you meant. Like not Negan Smith. Anyway. <laughs> Hillary Burton Smith. I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, for I that. love that. I love that. That's yeah. good. It was so believable I didn't even notice. <laughs> I, I I like my head is like, that's wrong, but why is it why is it wrong? And that's like, oh, her name now. <laughs> Negan Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary Burton Smith, everybody. Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freddy reference. Yeah. Should I have should I have gone welcome to prime time, bitch? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> well, Bridget, how did you feel about this episode overall? It was all right. It was Decent. all right. I was happy there was movement. That was good. I was a little curious what they were gonna do with it because this portion of the game is not it's anxiety ridden, but it's not thrilling in any way. So so it makes sense that they created a character that would kind of rile things up. Can I just say I'm so angry about the truck? Uh, elaborate the truck blocking you the have underpass. It for like two seconds. Oh, the S10. And okay, the pickup. Then it's gone, and <laughs> then all of the good. 
goods you got from Bill are gone. And that aggravates me on mm. such a level. Maybe that's an allegory. Because I, I had this feeling coming out of the last episode, which was just really wholesome, that this was the port in the storm of like things that are just going to go wrong from here on in. And for a while. Which makes sense. Which is why I wasn't so terribly upset. Also, we've gone through the Walking Dead and beyond. My brain is conditioned to bad shit happening. But you were a Bills, and I know that he would have had bug out bags. And you don't have a bug out bag, dude? Ellie's got her one sack of random crap that she's thrown together. (laughs) Come on. Bill would be so disappointed in you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bill never had a kid, you know, so... Where's your bug out bag, dude? Joel didn't have a bag? What's wrong with you guys? (laughs) Maybe over the years, he just stopped being a prepper-ish person. You had the opportunity. He says, what's the point? Bill had everything. I had a a really weird thought talking about Bill for a second. It creeped up on me a couple days before the weekend. And I thought, what if Bill didn't die? What if he said that to Frank to kind of ease his mind? Mm. And I thought to myself, like, oh, maybe be sort of like the games ish, because maybe he's still out there somewhere. And uh, I would he'll love show if Bill up just later. Shows on. up later. That would be awesome. It would really be sad to their love story, though. But it would yeah. be well cool in terms of the TV show. But I don't think it would take away from the love story. But the, a thought like jumped into my brain about like how maybe he said that to Frank to maybe ease his mind. Like you know how sometimes people say, "I want you to go on without me." It's almost more comforting to know that oh he's gonna die in my arms well at least i won't worry about who's going to take care of him then we know if we get to a point in the show where it looks like both ellie and joel are gonna die <laughs> we'll go that bill will just show up out of nowhere right and save the day because <laughs> there was a feeling that i got in my mind that wouldn't it be something if bill said there's still people out there that i kind of care about and that maybe my job here on this earth is not done and so it's just this sneaking weird feeling it's similar to the feeling i have about ellie's powers or quote unquote powers for the audio podcast and i don't know maybe it's just something to just take the pulse on every now and again (laughs) see if he's still out there you're such a conspiracy i have to tell you guys sometimes when i think of something because if it does show up then you're like "Mm, that's interesting conspiracy theory dave Sharon is shaking Never her mind. head. Never mind. It <laughs> reminds me of another. It reminds me of another conspiracy theory that we heard endlessly in The Walking Dead. I'm just gonna leave that there. Where is he? Just gonna. Oh, no. 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 Okay. We're gonna. Now move that on. would be something. What if he showed up later on in the show? <laughs> Well, what if it was the actor and we all go, oh, it's Heath. It's like, no, he's, he's a different character on the show, but we've been waiting for him for so long. But what if his name on the show is Heath? And then you're really confused. You're like, <laughs> this podcast so just meta. evolved into just what if, what if this happened? It's like what? when a little kid tells you stuff like, <laughs> like, what if this happened? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, hey guys. remember that time? Remember that time? <laughs> remember that time Dave thought Ellie had magic powers? <laughs> and then you say, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. That, that was, was cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. Takir says, I feel this episode was to bring Joel and Ellie closer to really be a reminder that Joel, to Joel, that she needs him. I felt that too. I felt that sort of happening. I feel it ebbing and flowing. And I feel like he, uh, she's more than cargo and at least cares about her because she's a kid. She's a living being. 
Lois goes, how do you, how do you go into the city and not know people are going to be there? I thought it was dumb. You know, I was thinking the same thing. What? What are you guys laughing at? Anyway? Well, I'm laughing because Walking Dead Eternal says, I'm liking how the show is going. Are you talking about this show or The Last of Us show? You know, because <laughs> if it's this show, I'm not sure what you're, what you're doing. Disagree. Cancel. <laughs> This is, this is top-notch Stop. shit we're subscribing to, folks. I mean, well, I'm yelling at you guys, the hosts, no. not the no. audience is on point. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, so I'm actually, sorry. Lois brings Lois, up a very Lois, interesting question. Fair point. I was the same way. I was like, okay, so you're going to go into the city where all the action is, where all the people might be. And then they pass by the Boston QZ, like, why are the doors open? And didn't turn right the fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> guess we're going on foot because I'm not going through this city. Let's just back this shit up. That guy does come out holding his stomach like, help! And, uh, <laughs> guys! Yeah, you know, remember in Fear, when uh, Fear season four, that's how Alicia, that's how they stopped Al and John and Morgan in the in Swatty. Because Alicia came stumbling out into the road. Oh, oh, and then they came up to see what was wrong. She's like, bang! <laughs> the end of that season four. Yeah, no four one ever learns. And yeah. the apocalypse never stopped for someone. <laughs> but like, it's John, it's John and Morgan, okay? They're gonna stop. Because they're, we'll just redirect. Anyway. I don't <laughs> kill people. Neither life do is, I. Life is precious. <laughs> Yeah, because it, uh, what did we call him? The gunslinger and the karate, karate man. man. Right. When Joel realized Ellie had the gun, I mean, I was like, is he going to let her keep it or is he going to take it? We just watched Game of Thrones last night. And I had this feeling like when the Arya and the Hound were together and the Hound was teaching Arya how to kill people. <laughs> I feel like that's what Joel was doing with Ellie. Like, make sure you keep your finger, you know, but it was like, it was funny. Oh, I like how he grabbed the gun too to make sure, like, oh, this yeah. is why you do this. Yeah. It's stable this way. <laughs> but I do like the tug of war that he's having right now about not only keeping her safe, but keeping her whole as a child. Mm. Like, it's like his life was so on pause, and he must have seen other kids in the apocalypse that aren't like her. But he's, it's just maybe he's too reminding him of his daughter and. They are getting close and he doesn't like it. Well, and, and she's kind of goofy and she makes like inappropriate jokes. There's enough similarity there for him to see her as kind of like Sarah. Will she just listen to him? She agreed to the rules. And one of them is we do this my way and you like don't question it. And she's constantly like, yes. And then immediately doesn't do <laughs> what he asked her to. Which yeah, fine. He a- he, she he, asks him about he's his alive past. because of the gun. <laughs> but he's like, you're going to shoot your ass off. And she puts it in her pocket. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? My wife was watching some of the show with me. And I was, I'm do, was doing the same thing you were. I was kind of like picking at my fingers to the freaking skin. And um, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, she's she is funny. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> But she's being so dangerous. She's like, why? I'm like, honey, listen. Okay, listen. People get killed for less on these shows. And she's a kid. She's like, yeah, you're right. She is. She should be a kid. I'm like, honey, no, she shouldn't be a kid. <laughs> what you do in these shows, it's don't do it. You need to not be a kid, but also be a kid. And then she kind of got it for some reason. I'm like, okay, I'm a little pressed that you understood <laughs> what I said. Carl got it. He fucked up. He learned from that mistake and he never did that fucking mistake again. So he was mm. a kid, but he was also a kid that mostly did smart stuff not all the time. He didn't get in the house, but that was probably the best decision <laughs> for that day. He's in the house. 
I refuse to that Alicia is dead. Uh, Walking Dead material says. Yes, uh, it all depends we're, on what we're people decide to do. We're not talking about that anymore. We're not talking yeah. about it anymore. Oh, they're prepping her for a spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she is either. Okay, well, Walking Dead turns is because if she's dead, then they character destroyed her. Yeah, I, I don't think she is, personally. That's just my personal take. It was my at personal first. opinion, too. There was a heated argument about it at the time, and I just want to move on from this yeah. topic. Lois says, <laughs> speaking of moving on, he tried to keep his daughter safe, and I think he thinks that when trying to keep her... Yeah, so I think there's a little bit of transference, too. She sees the Sarah that mm, could have been in Ellie, maybe. That's why I said there's a little bit of a tug of war confusion because like when he sees Ellie possibly already he's thinking of what would I do with Sarah and he's starting to realize that yeah this this girl's been in the apocalypse she knows short sort of knows what goes on and she needs to know how to survive and Sarah when she saw how Joel didn't stop to help those people she was mortified and she didn't get it and when Joel does what he has to do with that kid which that's another thing that we should probably talk about the kid who's already shot who's kind of crying mommy Brian Brian is his name, right? So mm-hmm. she does what he says. She goes into the hole. Get in your hole. Okay, just bringing that up from <laughs> the season Gilmore. seven finale <laughs> of Fear of the Walking Dead. We were talking about a lot, a lot of Fear of the Walking Dead references today. She allows Joel to do what he has to do with Brian and sort of questions it, but not really. And, but in a way that says, "Have do you kill? Have you killed innocent people? What do you guys think of that moment? There's there, obviously the human day-to-day part of me that was going, well, he's no longer a threat. Well, I guess since he's alive, he might tell somebody and they might get their older brother to beat up, beat him up. There's no winning at that point, though. He's lying to save his life when he says we can trade with you. That's not what's going to happen. And you're naive if you think that's what's going to happen. And I hate to say that because I want for people to be good, but they're not. Well, but the thing is, it's not like they just unprovoked killed that guy. He was trying to yeah. kill them and they started it yeah. when they threw a brick through the fucking windshield of the truck. Yeah, they majorly fucked up. They were defending themselves in every mm-hmm. sense. But I did try to look at it from the other side. They're well, yeah. busting I into mean, this town. We don't know who they are and they might be coming to get us, which it seems like that is sort of what's happening. Henry and what was the other guy? The other kid? Sam, Sam. W- radioed for backup or something. And this was the guy. I was like, what? Right? This is the guy. So this is why I'm <laughs> that's like. That's why I was like, Kathleen is nuts. <laughs> but also, I'm sort of wondering if that's true, sort of, right? Because what if it ends up being that these kids are like, whoa, major cuckoo bananas, but they have their shit together? <laughs> I mean, I'd love that for them, but. <laughs> For them. I don't, oh, I love that for you. That's like how that. I don't think that's what's happening. <laughs> you reminded oh. me of Randall from the from, from the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead season yeah. one, uh, two, three. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it did remind me a lot of Randall, mm. which is. An oh, unavoid- did I just admit that Shane is right? <laughs> In, Ew, in, I feel in hindsight, the thing our, is, Shane was right a lot of the time, just not always. <laughs> He's right all the time, sometimes. <laughs> Get your Glenn eyebrows out. <laughs> you mean my uh, Dale eyebrows? I can't Dale do face. it. It's like it's Dale too face, like Dale yeah, you're Glenn. Dale face. Sorry, I said Glenn. I don't know why. I gotta like <laughs> it's like that. Like I can't. Yeah, for I the audio podcast, it. it's worthless. I can't worthless. do it. Worthless. <laughs> worthless. <laughs> Takira says right. Brian was an idiot. Yeah. 
Well, but like at the same time, a kid. So is that what they're playing with? Like he's still a kid, right? And he's calling for mommy. It's well, rough. he didn't seem like a kid until he was shot in the back by Ellie. That was meant to make you feel some type of way in that moment. Or about confusing. It. Yeah. Emotionally confused. Takira says, I wanted him just to shut his face. He was literally trying to kill Joel seconds before that. Yeah. And I've again, felt that too. But I did feel like it's an apocalypse. If he's paralyzed, put him out of his misery. I don't even know if he's paralyzed. Probably doesn't even matter, right? Well, she shot him in the back and he said he couldn't move his legs. So. I it seemed like he was he was down also Joel did him a favor I guess in the apocalypse uh, Lois says she reminds me of Ginny wait who are we oh uh, Kathleen I can see that except, yeah except Ginny wasn't butt ass crazy like she actually had reason, a reasoning behind her madness she wasn't just crazy but, but then again maybe the show is making us think that she's crazy just to turn around and say that she's not because that's kind of where I'm like coming from tend to do that because we don't have, have the whole story right we're just getting these bits and bobs and our experience is filling in the blanks not only within life but in shows which is all over the place. Maybe Henry is like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Like, they replace oh, him every <laughs> few years with another one. And that's why he's a little kid. See, that that makes what Bridget just said earlier. I like that for him. Oh, I would love that for him. Oh, that makes that more apt. I would love that for him if he was the Dread Pirate. I am the Dread Pirate Roberts. Anyway, so... <laughs> What? Why is he Andre the Giant? Because that's the, in this. It's my favorite. Want a peanut? <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Anyway, so uh, he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's very. They're from Austria, right? They're both. <laughs> anyway, before I even got on, I was like thinking to myself, what is there to really talk about in terms of reactions? And a lot of these episodes have been really like straightforward, except for three. Three was pretty meaty. Well, three had a lot of emotional and character development, but everything's been pretty like straightforward. There'll be more to go through later when we talk yeah, about the specifics. music and the specifics and what the cast and producers have said about this, this episode and all that kind of stuff. But mm. for the well, most part, asked. it's it's like the, it is what happened. It was a really straightforward episode. As I was getting the water just before just before we got on, I was thinking like, oh, it's like literally the quiet ones you have to watch. These episodes, when they are quiet and steady and less dialogue in some places and there's like nuance in terms of what's happening. It feels like there's a lot more to talk about when less happens. Mm. In this episode, a lot happens. And so, and like you said, it's pretty straightforward. We're going yeah. in one direction. This next episode is going to be the second part straight up of this storyline. Yeah. And then I we'll like that they held it back. It up, and then I think we'll we'll move on. And move them out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And how many episodes that. are in the season? You had said in the first episode or the first reaction that there were nine. I just looked up on IMDb That's and there right. were 10. I thought it was nine for some reason. You were right, I think, but IMDb, I think it, they just changed it when I checked last what the title and the runtime were. It's now 10 episodes. Interesting. But then again, they haven't really released, unlike The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, where they released almost all the, the titles for the episodes. They haven't even had... <laughs> and the trailers for the episodes down the And the trailers for all the episodes. And the spoilers, and the spoilers for the episodes. So if you want a good too. recap for the next season, just, just tune into IMDb. They'll have all the teasers for all the episodes. <laughs> Well, you can go to AMC if you want all the spoilers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just follow their Twitter account. AMC, Fear the Walking, Fear TWD on Twitter, Walking Dead underscore AMC on Twitter. Just and then they'll take them down. And be like, oh, I think we messed up. Nah, just kidding. They'll leave them up. <laughs> 
so I do want to make one more quick little comparison to the Walking Dead universe. So Joel tells her, you haven't seen the world. In the world beyond, one of the big themes was these kids have never experienced a world that wasn't a zombie world. And like when they're in the high school and they're dancing and imagining the dance and all that. Oh, and in, I got, uh, wrong, event, wrong End of a Telescope, wrong season end one. Of a telescope. And I kind of got that vibe here where, when they're driving and Ellie's looking at all the remnants of our world, the empty loading docks and the fallen train trestles and everything overgrown and ruined. And that was something I thought about, you know, like she's never experienced any world other than the QZ. Right. Did she see the plane in the last episode? Was that yes, last episode? that's right. Yeah. I thought that was so jarring to hear because we complain about stuff like that all the time, riding in a plane and how it's cramped and it's not nice and it's expensive and it's uncomfortable and the air is recirculated. It's gross and like, right. We don't like it. Right. I've heard it be like you were in the sky. That's straight out of a Louis C.K. bit too, which we've said on this podcast before. Well, I mean, how many times times do you get in your car and go, oh, it's like a spaceship. Oh, it's my fucking car. I do this shit every day. But, you know, it's. It's, it's seeing the world through new eyes and that's yeah. what Joel's it's so it's just he's seeing the world differently than the old hateful destructed world it's a really right, cool reminder of what we have I've been trying to say that <laughs> <laughs> On a serious note, that's one of the biggest takeaways I get from these these shows is, is how lucky we are. How blessed, like even when things are shitty, really shitty, seemingly, right? Well, we have our health in a time where most people have good health. They live longer. Child mortality is dropping, fine. But it's there's never been a better time to have a child than now. It, well, let's say the past few centuries, let's say, or the past century. Let's just go with that. I, I mean, you, you don't have to sacrifice your kids in winter to be your workers on the farm in, in like, half of you don't make it you know and you have mm-hmm. kids to work the farm it's never been a better time to be alive but and yet we're like you said in the last episode bridget how the malaise right oh my shitty life with my dumb emails and my we things. humans are never happy with our lot no. it's a, yeah it's a double-edged sword though right on the one hand yeah we're never happy because of the other edge of the sword which is there's a part of us that's always in some meager way trying to do better or do more or want more out of life and so sometimes in order to go in that direction, we kind of look down on the more malaise, shitty, boring things in our lives because we want that better thing. Whether or not we have the drive and the gumption to get that thing is a whole other story. But there's that part of us is like, ah, my shitty email, my dumb airplane. And I'm in the middle seat getting a $12 sandwich. <laughs> just We just take these things for granted. You're sitting in a chair in the sky, Louis C.K. I'm, I'm, I'm going to credit him because it was the fucking funniest thing in the world. And your wife? is out look outside you're in the clouds <laughs> trying to channel the voice too i just saw his comedy special uh last last night fucking great great to see him on stage again anyway takira says i felt more bad for randall than i did for brian <laughs> i was very <laughs> conflicted over randall as well walking to the channel says this episode was 45 minutes so it makes sense yeah 15 minute runtime that's why that's why we've gone on right at 10 or we were able to takira says how many episodes will this season be and 10 so far as we can tell <laughs> hashtag bring rick back home oh yeah i hope so that'd be so great for him wouldn't it i love that for him i love that for him yes oh there was one thing that i wanted to touch on before we go what do you think is in the ground that has been cratered in that building oh bro yeah what a giant fungi (laughs) like it's a big giant (laughs) fungi all connected under that's what's making it move say that a little louder what it's a tremor it's it's tremors it's finally happening nothing fungal related right is that what you're saying (laughs) it's just tremors I think it's the movie Tremors. <laughs> no, a tremor, Dave. Oh. <laughs> 
What didn't they have a name? They had a name. The the tremor. No, they, they call them big worms. They had ridiculous names for them. They yeah. rust. Like it was in one of the blogs that we wrote. <laughs> I, do you it's think it weird might over time? Anyway, do, do you think we might be introing? This might be an intro to what the bloaters might look like. That was my thought. Well, then why didn't you say? Mm-hmm. That's they why I was like, name. well, and then I stopped. So you you um, didn't want to be the crazy guy that said that. You wanted me to be the bill. <laughs> it's gonna no. It's gonna be something weird. I don't know. The thing is, I don't know what they're gonna do because I haven't played through enough of the game to know if there's other special infected. I, I but see. I I assume that there are because I already fought a a bloater, which mm. was a horrific giant clicker, basically that just blew things at you. It blew spore packs at you, which like isn't a thing in this. So mm. so they have to kind of so they have to come up, up with something else. I feel like, but it's something 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 gross. I like Walking Dead Eternal style. It's a creature from hell from what it looked like which brings back <laughs> doom. it's a hell mouth <laughs> yeah it's just exactly from doom it's a floating head with uh how many eyes i forget and then it shoots fireballs from its big head to so my god yeah it's going to be disgusting right because you have to replace spores with the, like mycelial tenderly viney things it's gonna look like a big pot of bean sprout spaghetti <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Like there's Cthulhu. A, there's like a, a character on uh, on My Hero Academia. Sarlacc. That Deku fights. <laughs> it's like it's like this this the the guy is all muscle fibers. So I'm thinking that's what it's going to look like. I'll probably post about it in the blog. But it's uh, be the Sarlacc, big fucking. It's just a big mouth. mouth. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's just a big old <laughs> tremor like a mouth. Big bee hole in the ground. <laughs> Wait, what bee hole? Qualify a bee hole. <laughs> It's a hole like- full of bees. Oh my God, Dave. Come gotcha. on. Gotcha. Come on. Get your Is this like pew pew? It's like pew pew all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Bee hole. It's a big old butthole. Look, sometimes Thanks. I just want to censor myself a little. Okay. I've got a foul mouth. And so sometimes I just like to. Just trying to keep it clean. Play it cool. I love that for you. Anyway, so <laughs> I think this is going to be the end of. <laughs> the end of this reaction video <laughs> dave is always stealing my cool lingo you guys now i see whenever you say something <laughs> cool i'm like yeah let's just keep reusing this until everybody hates me for it and, so, and that my dear friends is the end of the reaction portion of this particular discussion of the last of us's fourth episode titled please hold on to my hand and now we bring you to the full episode breakdown where we discuss the finer points of this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Take it away, Dave. We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burke, because she actually is here, not interrupting my flow without her here. <laughs> Sharon D. Akeley, a.k.a. Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punkybrewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And we're here live with you to discuss the full breakdown of the fourth episode of The Last of Us, titled, Please Hold On to My Hand. Truthfully, I did want to bring up this article that I don't think we're going to have time to look into, so I'm saying it now so that I can drop a pin in it when you visit the blog to check out my thoughts. Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times wrote an opinion article on The Last of Us advocating, specifically regarding episode three, long, long time, The Last of Us is actually conservative, basically calling Bill a conservative. And Bridget, you and I were on the reaction video. We're like, yeah, definitely a libertarian because the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on Mm -hmm. me, essentially. Yeah. And guess who sent me this article? My mother-in-law. Your mom. (laughs) My my mom. Mom-in-law. That's right. (laughs) 
Wasn't she great? <laughs> so cute. So I read the article and look, it's written well and it does praise The Last of Us. However, Michelle Goldberg, who was actually on a debate stage alongside Michael Eric Dyson and debating against Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry, they were debating basically, is it possible that the left can go too far, essentially, and identity politics, politics and all that stuff. And they were trying to argue that the left doesn't go too far and it's actually the right that's the problem, etc. So what the gist of the article is, in my opinion, a fundamental misunderstanding of what conservatism is and who the right are, essentially. The reason why I brought this up, because I wasn't going to, is because I actually read another article today from Barry Weiss from her new, I guess, journalistic effort called The Free Press. And she actually wrote an interesting article about something that we often talk about on this show, and that is why it is so much that we yearn to be a part of The Last of Us, the communities in The Last of Us. And that's basically survival being the hierarchy, the highest of the hierarchy of needs and maintaining our familial and community connections as a necessity, right? Bridget, this is something you brought you, you brought up a lot recently and yeah. I, I recently had to yeah. update it via clip. And it was wonderfully written, particularly on the note of going back to Jakarta or Indonesia and Malaysia and all those kinds of countries where you have such drastic income inequality. And even in those communities where there's a drastic divide between the rich and the poor, there's this cross-community taking care of one another, essentially, and tying it into this article in The Last of Us and how it doesn't have to be the way that it is in some areas of this country and in many other different countries. We don't have to lose the world to lose community, essentially. We have to just figure it out in this newfound landscape. And I really like it. I can link to the New York Times article, but it's behind a paywall. But I will be making the full article of Michelle Goldberg's article in the New York Times uh, available in our Ko-fi and Patreon for those who support us. If you buy us a coffee, I'll take a screenshot of the article so you can read it yourself. It's not terribly long at all, but I will also link alongside it Barry Weiss's article too. I just think it's great that people that don't normally comment on stuff like The Walking Dead or The Last of Us or that used to remember The Walking Dead was like the biggest thing at the time. And so it was kind of cool to see that zombie uh, horror seepage into popular culture because obviously The Last of Us is, is doing gangbusters all over the place. And so I will link to those articles in the blog so that you can check them out later. So did anyone uh, check to see if there was a viewer increase with this? Yes, I did not. There was this time even even higher okay. than last week. And right. so now that you said it, I'll link to whatever article that is in the blog too, because it is it's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's going crazy with Pedro Pascal hosting SNL last Saturday night too, which was funny as hell. A lot of oh, viral did, viral shit coming out of there. I didn't watch it, but I did watch the clip of the Mario Kart Mario. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was it was good. It was really funny. It was so funny. My friend Josh sent it to me. I think I think during what our reaction, I think it was. I managed to watch it before our reaction video, but I didn't think we'd have enough time to talk about it, essentially. I watched it with Evelyn, too. So it was really, it was really kind of funny. And if the apocalypse dramas have taught me anything is that we have to really, really try hard to try to understand one another in order to work together, as is evidenced by this episode, which is what we're talking about. Let me read some of the comments before we go to first impressions. And that is, Thomas, is this live or recorded? No. I'm just talking a lot, Thomas. <laughs> Sun's out, pun's out. Thomas says, let's talk about the Stay Puft Marshall man shaking up the floor in, the, in that room. When is he going to appear? Probably the next episode. And it's probably what we said in the reaction video is uh, is a bloater. And uh, <laughs> Sharon D says, live from New York, Carol, Michigan. It's squawking night. <laughs> More laughter. Anyway. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. No. Yeah, no. The delivery it, was subpar. Shit, listen, the queen of, <laughs> give the queen of puns her day. 
<laughs> oh, the joke was good. It was your delivery. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So um, I was watching a breakdown today and one of the things they were talking about was, yes, it could be a bloater, but it could also be kind of what I suggested, like a mycelial network that has eaten the floor out from underneath. It's all bean sprouts down there now and they're like pulsating and stuff. Mm. I'm not the only one that thought that. (laughs) I see. Okay. It's like an underground cavern full of mycelials that are waiting to burst out, essentially. I mean, that makes sense because uh, the bloaters have so much to do with spores and they're not doing that. So maybe the bloater would (laughs) be different. I think, you know what, unlike the praise that I gave them for episode three in keeping old Bill and Frank under wraps, I think they kind of gave up the ghost in either the teaser leading up to the fifth episode, which is, by the way, we'll say it again, the fifth episode is available early on Friday night on HBO Max not HBO. HBO will air it publicly on Sunday night. They're copying the AMC Plus playbook and making it available early on HBO Max. This is to clear things up, by the way, because of the Super Bowl. So Thomas says, what if it's Madison? I'd be... It, it'll give you something to fear. I mean, she would be the biggest monster on there, right? I would be way more upset if I saw her instead of a bloater. <laughs> She's the reason egg prices have skyrocketed. <laughs> That's what, uh, where is, did somebody say that? No, I just made that Bridget up. Bridget just did. Because <laughs> I was Bridget looking for, I was looking for Thomas. <laughs> no, <laughs> but thank you. Do you I blame take, me? I take that as, I take that as a compliment. I think oh, so too. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas level witch. Thank you. <laughs> very, very good, Bridget. Very good. <laughs> I ruined it. I'm sorry. I ruined it. Anyway. You really did. That's Man, this twice. Is like, That's two jokes, Dave. Come on. <laughs> My watch is it's ended. Your, blame it on your hearing, Joel. <laughs> Before the show, I told the ladies that just like Joel in this episode, my right ear is acting funny. I can't hear too well out of this ear. This ear's the good ear, but even that one is acting funky. I'm hearing like bass sounds a lot stronger and something that's freaking me out right now. But yeah, here we are. I had something applicable to the show though, (laughs) so so I'm going to cut it in here. (laughs) Joel mentions that he has a hard time hearing out of his right ear, Mm -hmm. or Ellie notices it rather. I read that that's a play on something that is a feature in the video game there's a button that you hit on the video game and it It kind of forces joel to like focus and you can see the silhouettes of everything that's in the background like all the enemies that are in the background so he has this like hyper hearing Hmm. in the video game is that in the second one part two or play on that well i mean isn't that that's that's especially funny because the only way the clickers can see or bloaters can hear you is to hear you so it's maybe it's that's kind of a play with joel losing his hearing and hearing being necessary for the echolocation of the monsters. Right. Which, by the way, I've heard that in the game, it's not like they can hear like long distances. Their hearing mm-hmm. is sensitive, but short. Mm-hmm. It has a small radius, essentially. Pivy says, I'm try- just trying to play bass in the kitchen. I hear it. I hear it. Do we have a button that can push for Dave to be to hyper-focus? You know, usually I'm much more on, the t- on top of things. I think the hearing's throwing me off anyway. Let's start with Rachel because, you know, I want to know what you think. It was cute. I don't know it's cute. if it everyone cute. knows this about me, but I love stupid dad jokes so much. (laughs) I laughed way too hard at every single one of those jokes. I think I started crying when she told the scarecrow joke. It was so funny, and I could not concentrate on anything else. Those jokes were just running through my head the whole time. (laughs) Like diarrhea? It was great, yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's hereditary, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've heard. <laughs> oh, God. I've, well, I heard she from this year. Yeah. <laughs> she just cracked herself up. She just cracked herself up again. <laughs> on the note of puns, on second watch, I noticed that the author's name is Will Livingston. <laughs> That's a pun too, or at least a sort of anagram of some kind. It's the will to living ton or living's ton because they're not living, right? They're sort of dead. It's the will to live. Will anyway. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, hey, you know, hey, nobody's reacting to that. Okay, let's move on after, then. No. After Ellie told the first joke about the algebra, I said, I need this book right now. I want this to be it, real, and I it need is a it real book. Life. No way, is it? I didn't. It's I didn't bother book. to look. I need it. You, you can find it for real. It is a real. Book. Let's plug it in the blog. <laughs> Pi says, "Dad jokes are the best jokes." And uh, Thomas says, "What if Rachel it is Ellie?" Nothing. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. The shootout scene mm. felt very much like a video game, right? Like the guys in the background sounded straight out of a video game. I was like, "That's cool." I don't know if they did. It. I'm sure they did it on purpose, but I thought that was pretty cool. I did enjoy how this episode literally moved the story forward by means of travel. We see them cover a lot of ground. A lot episode, of ground. So, yeah, I wanted to make a comment about how clean that 20 year old truck was, but it was in a garage for how long? So it might have been that clean. Probably a heated but garage no too. Yeah, I was gonna say, but no, no rust after 20 years. That's a little. Hmm. Well, he probably didn't take it many places. They start. I know that they started to walk to all the locations that we're trying to go to at the very least, or trying to get into a running regimen. I'm in Michigan, where half the vehicles here are made of rust. So maybe it's different in other states. <laughs> no, no, in the Northeast, Massachusetts, <laughs> yeah. uh, New Hampshire, and all that. Yeah, no, salt trucks, winter. Yeah, yeah, but there Same wouldn't be any the salt trucks. That's true. So there would be no salt. There oh. wouldn't be any salt on the road. Touche. So. Touche. But the salt does mix yeah. with like the concrete. Oh, sorry, the salt, the snow, and the rain mixed with the concrete. There, there is a effect there, I, I think. But I guess it doesn't really matter, right? As evidenced by the fact that Bill deconstructed the battery to keep it in long term storage in the fridge too. Probably didn't get much use out of it anyway. It was tarped over too, right? Mm-hmm. Just there you go. Yeah. There yeah, you go. That's true. I mean, you don't tarp over a truck in a garage expecting to use it frequently. So fair enough. Right. Not like in Brooklyn where we tarp over even our shit boxes. Outside though, not indoors. Brian says, I loved how they were showing how it was showing Mother Earth taking over civilization instead of neatly mowed grass at a prison. You know, Cynic Radio Podcast actually mentioned that as well in comparison to The Walking Dead. I just listened to their episode today. I think it was uh, Cynic is spelled C-I-N-I-K. So if you want to look them up, their episode's like about 45 minutes. No, they did a good well, analytical like, listen breakdown. Listen to this one instead. I like, You know what? I like plugging in. <laughs> people's shit you're they're already here bridget we might as well give them more more meat you know no 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 no. now they just stopped now they just stopped this episode well don't leave now (laughs) (laughs) leave later Pivey says, who mows, mows all the lawns during the apocalypse? Brian says, we had a truck cover and in a garage. Bill was very intelligent. I bet he took care of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense too. Pivey says, give me some meat, David. I say, no. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe later. Like I said, later. Thomas says, 45 minutes is less than three hours. I'm going to suck my dick. Thomas. <laughs> 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 to be fair, the podcast at, at the end of the day, I'm 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 happy when the podcasts end up coming below two hours. It's lately the last year or so we've been pretty lucky, I think. And uh, even with these doubleheader episodes, the reaction and the full breakdown, the title comes from the Hank Williams song. Yeah, right. Alone and Forsaken is the Forsaken. He says, "Dear God, please hold to my hand." In the lyrics of the song, and the last song that plays at the end is a version of True Faith by New Order. Bill calls them New Order Jack, Jack Boots. boots. 
thugs. <laughs> also, another cute little thing was when they're driving and you see the loves gas right. sign and then the RVs below it. That was a little callback to Bill and Frank also because you know, this isn't an Arby's. And it's Arby's, Arby's was a restaurant. They didn't give free lunches. <laughs> and they were in love. For anybody who was interested, the cover of that True Faith song was sung by Lottie Kestner. Kestner. So K-E-S-T-N-E-R. That's uh, something for you and I'll be embedding it in the blog. The songs are pretty telling too. So like if you go back to the Hank Williams song, the song is basically about glory fading. Nature. Love, love fading too because he talks about how he's in love. When they're first in love, it's like the springtime and the flowers are blooming and everything's gold. But then she leaves and everything turns dark and gray. Right. Basically so, was the gist of the song. interestingly enough, in the video game, it is a Hank Williams song also. It's not the same song. Hmm. It's I'll Never okay. Get Out of This World Alive, which is what I said during our first stream because I didn't know that it was a different song. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So what does that say, right? <laughs> One of the lines is, Alone and Forsaken by Fate and by Man. Oh, Lord, if you hear me, please hold onto my hand, like you said, Charity. Oh, please understand. It's not only about love, it's about God, I think, even God and nature forsaking him as well, essentially. Just like the idea of true faith, which even that song is about, it's sort of like about abandoning faith or breaking trust, both breaking trust and having tr your trust broken. And like, what are the consequences, essentially? There's some themes that are playing with each other in this one, too. In this episode, Brian says, Joel mentioned how when they were out in the woods that it was too remote for zombies. I thought that was odd. At first, I thought this was pretty odd, but then it kind of makes sense, right? Based on how these infected act. They want to gather in places where more people are, hypothetically speaking, right? There's no people yeah. to infect, so there's no reason for them to be out there. They want to be where the... They're like the little mermaid. They want to be where the people are. <laughs> just so for people who are just tuning in, who don't know what we do, we're primarily a podcast that breaks down the Walking Dead universe. So sometimes we have those notions smuggled in, but it's interesting to see how the purpose of these infected are to propagate. And the purpose of the dead is more of like id. We need to just consume. We just keep consuming. There's no end to the consuming. We don't get full. We keep eating. That's like the biggest difference between the infected and the, and the walkers in The Walking Dead. <laughs> there was a joke there because we talked about what if a walker wanted to have sex? And then I won't remind you of what, what I said. Yeah, we had in the beginning of one of our episodes, we opened up with a question that was asked on Facebook about what if a walker wanted, could have sex? And then I explained how that would be terrifying and why. There's a clip there somewhere, I think. It's in the beginning of one of the fear oh, episodes. I have, I've listened I listened to it. I remember that conversation very yeah, more one-sided because of the horror. But yeah, so it's interesting to see that these infected, their sole purpose is propagation. Just propagate the fuck out of everything, essentially. The, even the biting is not not about eating as much as spreading. Mm -hmm. So just just very interesting yeah, these, for our these crowd. Zombies aren't, these zombies aren't hungry. No. They want to spread. Yeah, and I'm sure they eat. But yeah, it's just like the cordyceps in life. What do they what do you think they eat? I mean, if it's a fungus, do they like just like absorb the their host? Yes, flesh, the fungus eats the host. The, yeah. Yeah. Essentially. And then they die. Like like, like on Zay Frank. We learned all about it. It was about the <laughs> fungus that takes over the ants. So what it does is it guides the ants to bite onto leaves where they can suck the sap out of the leaves, and that's what the fungus thrives on. And then the ants die and then the fungus dies. Or except the the ants die and the fungus goes to the leaves and then it transfers to other and they were talking about how smart well, it goes to, to other ants. Yeah, slime, it goes to the other new ants. slimy one. Right. The new smart slimy yeah. one that yeah. created 
this one, well, that one, that, that one was about that was a different one about uh, slime molds, mm. which yeah. was okay. really interesting and a little scary to be honest. Cool. It yes. it really was. These things are smarter than some people I've met. So yeah. so Japanese R- RPGs casting the slime molds as the weakest. Anyway, <laughs> I was uh, I had something Walking there. Dead and Eternal, I Walking Dead Eternal. He says Walker's having sex. Wow, that conversation sounds horrifying to me. It was horrifying. Yeah, it was horrifying. <laughs> My answer was even more horrifying. Go and find it though, because it was funny too. Yeah, it's at the beginning of one of the episodes. If I if I think of it, I'll I'll bring it up because of the Fear of the Walking Dead season seven episode two episode. I think we had a conversation about what it would be like for babies, Walker babies, and that was also equally horrifying. <laughs> so let's let's read some comments. Pivey says, "When I was a kid, I saw the the X Files episode where the ancient fungus controls people's brains. I'm still traumatized." You guys know how I feel about X Files. Thomas says. <laughs> I had a fungus once, but a little penicillin took care of it. I read you loud and clear before I could spread it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he says. Pivey says, why Why wouldn't walkers have a libido, though? Eating is a primal instinct, just like the se- just sex, sex drive. And that was part of my answer. Let's keep Stop going. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's a variant. Oh god! Isn't just, that frightening? Just picture. Oh, here's the thing, though. What's worse, to be bitten or to be humped? I'm just saying. Humped, please. Humped be worse. Please take a. Just eat me. Eat. Um. Um. <laughs> but, but you're both clothed. I mean, you, okay, you would still be bye. alive. Not for long. Anyway, let's keep going. I'm out of here. <laughs> bye. Let's race to the door. Okay. Next. Okay, <laughs> if you guys do, you guys have anything that stuck out to you in this episode as well? <laughs> besides a walker's pee pee, <laughs> there's no way in hell I would have driven over a 20 year old bridge that hasn't been maintained in 20 years. Preach, <laughs> yes, yeah, find a way around. But Flo- speak, go build a ferry or something and ferry us across, the <laughs> right? Like in The done. Walking Dead World Beyond, uh, anyway, <laughs> you build a raft. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's funny how we're bringing that one up again. There's plenty uh, of nail polish left. Yeah. <laughs> the, a- the acetone or whatever that is. The nail polish is probably better than the gas after 20 years. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, that, it, that and it would separate too. Like, they, their insinuation is that it got weak over time. So that's why they had to keep stopping to get gas. I don't think it gets weak. I think it would just not work anymore. Like, it, it, it breaks like it down and separates. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the it problem. Evaporate. Oh, look. Lois is late this time, guys. Yeah, Lois. Lois. Oh, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> After giving oh, it, dear. by the way, for context, we're not beating up on Lois. She was beating up on us the last episode because we were late, <laughs> like a minute late, two minutes late. <laughs> So we're having fun, people. Okay, but actually dovetailing off of what you just said about this is Ellie's first impression of the world. Something that was said after the episode was something that Craig Mazin had said, and it was violence is ugly, but easy. I mean, I'm I'm distilling it. Basically, Ellie is learning about the world. Like you said, like she's seeing these things for the first time. Ellie is experiencing for the first time what it is to kill somebody and how easy it is to commit murder. Rather, she says she already killed somebody. So it's not her experiencing killing somebody for the first time. Mm-mm. There's a difference between killing somebody and murdering somebody, essentially. And I have a feeling because we sort, I sort of know what she's referring to. And this was more of like, you could have not killed this person in this instance. And yet you're figuring out that you have to, like, we're figuring out that we have, mm-hmm. that they have to. We know that. We know that, but she doesn't know that. So I f- just find it funny that she is learning this stuff without any sort of moral fr- framework to kind of anchor her. And like the questions that we would normally have on this show that, we, that you know, because we 
grew up in relative safety. We didn't grow up with all this violence surrounded by us. But she doesn't have that. This is her. She's 14 years old. She's known the world up to, up to a certain point within the confines of the QZ. And so I just find it interesting that she's learning from Joel how to live, essentially. She and said that Fedra taught her how to hold a gun. Apparently not well enough. Well, but, but not to murder point, and shoot. My, well, no, my point is if Fedra taught her how to hold a gun, I'm sure they also taught her to shoot to kill. I'm not sure. I mean, it just doesn't seem like... They don't seem like the good guys. But you also can't teach somebody or instill in somebody what it's like to murder somebody, I don't think. That right? Because really unwise of a government agency to teach its citizens how to use guns if your goal is like oppression of the general public. That That's right. seems really stupid yeah. that they would do that. That's in time immemorial, if, if somebody wants to take power, you, any tyrannical government Hi, usually takes away the guns first. Bye, Brian. So back to work is fun. Oh, thank you for checking in, Brian. Thank you. Okay, so Lois says she looked like she know what she was doing with the gun in that room. I don't know about you guys. When I was watching that at first, I was kind of panicking because like the way she was kind of fiddling with it. But I still felt the same way on second watch that she didn't know what she was doing. Not that she didn't know what she was doing. I was just like, Ugh. she's like holding it like this. It's like almost pointing at her I face. She was she was pulling a Travis Bickle. <laughs> what, what, what is that from? From Taxi. taxi okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You know when he's practicing in the mirror? Talking to me? <laughs> yeah. You talking to me? Talking to me? I know you ain't talking. There's nobody Did else around here. here. Did you come in here? <laughs> <laughs> Thomas says, as a as a firearm owner, I had so much anxiety for the, for the opening scene when she was holding the gun, poor handling, poor trigger discipline, pointed at herself. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Walking to Eternal says, it was funny how Joel asked Ellie who taught you how to hold a gun. And Ellie said, Fedra. And Joel said, figures. That was funny. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> how could you not read my horde pun? <laughs> I just did, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wanted to dovetail a little bit more on what is learned because throughout this episode, there's a very interesting theme that comes up that kind of crosses over between different people in this in this episode. Joel says Tommy was a joiner. He talks about him being in Desert Storm, and even that turned out to be not what he thought it was going to be. Right? I saved his ass. Then he joins up with the Fireflies, but now he hears that he's left them as well. I have this weird feeling that Tommy is going to go chain smoking to some other thing, and that thing is going to be a cult, some sort of cult. But it does Tommy bring sounds more like a quick than a joiner. <laughs> Wait, did you say Thomas or Tommy? Tommy. Tommy. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But like, there's a span of time in between then and then. But he still keeps joining. Joel never said that he was a consistenter. He's just a joiner. <laughs> but there's also like the idea of purpose. And I don't think Tommy's necessarily wrong. When Ellie says, what's the point? What is the thing that gets you out of bed? And yes, he says family. But is that enough? And that's more. My, that's my question to you guys. Because that is obviously a TWD watcher's wet dream when you hear that answer. Oh, he said family like TWD family. Oh, you know, we like to be together and we survive and we do the things to survive and we stay together. Is it enough? Because by my estimation, Joel, his sole purpose in life for the last 20 years plus, because before the apocalypse, he had to take care of Tommy. Tommy basically almost practically lives in their house pre-apocalypse. You know, he's basically taking care of him. Obviously, Sarah, his daughter, post-apocalypse, his sole thing in life was basically to take care of
care of Tommy. It makes it seem like that, at least when he describes it. He joined Tess's crew just to keep watch over Tommy. When he was with the Fireflies, eh, he kept, he, he saved his ass, essentially. This is something I said in the first episode. I feel like his whole raison d'etre is this out-of-the-box familial obligation to protect family. Like, his whole thing. And it's proving true in this episode. His whole purpose of getting out of, out of bed in the morning is to take care of someone, is to protect someone. But what if you take that away? And then you have Kathleen. Because even after toppling Fedra, you'd think that was a win. Game over, we're good, let's focus on building this community. No, it seems like Kathleen is hell-bent on getting justice for her brother by finding both, uh, was it Henry and Sam Burrell, if I'm not mistaken? It's Henry, Henry and Sam, yes. So you have Perry, this military man that's doing everything in his power to follow her. But like at the same time, don't you think it's a bit weird? Because even I said in the last episode, it seems like she's sacrificing a doctor. She's sacrificing the safety of her people just to find these kids. You'd think that winning the war was enough. So what happens when you take away someone's purpose? They can't feel the satisfaction. They need another purpose. So that what's that's what makes me worried a little bit for Joel. What if Joel protects Ellie, takes her to the thing? What if Tommy dies? What does Joel do now? So that, that's what makes me wonder. And that future could look like Kathleen, where you have to find something new to go after. And that thing might be crazy. And maybe she is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So the question is, is family enough? And is there value and purpose? Depends on the family, A. Eh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> and Jinx. as far as purpose goes, and that depends on the individual person. Family may not be your purpose, but maybe you can find another purpose. Maybe Joel gets Ellie safe where he needs she needs to go and he can find another young person that needs help getting somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like you can always find another purpose if you want to, but you okay. have to want to. But it, it, it has to not be like an obsession, right? I guess. If there's nothing backing up that purpose, then it overtakes you, right? And then you just have to find another like a, another thing to obsess over. Because that's that's what it looks like for Kathleen. When her brother died, she didn't have anybody to share that success with, so she just continued on this thing, this warpath, sounds like. I guess I, I more like we're making a lot of assumptions for Kathleen I think right that's now. more it's overwhelming grief hard. than it is obsession. Right. She's so bent on revenge that she's letting the things that really matter to save people slide, like the pulsing molten rock <laughs> monster underneath <laughs> the building that she's like, oh, just lock it up and we'll just shut the building off, you know? Shut the building, it's but fine. It's, it's underground, so... <laughs> What is that thing called in Lord of the Rings? The Balrog. Sorry, the Balrog. That's what it kind of oh, like. <laughs> thank you. That's in the Balrog. next. You, sh- you shall not pass. <laughs> you shall not pass. Sorry, that's my terrible, <laughs> terrible Joel impression. But that's thought it was Morgan. <laughs> 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 Someone make that no. a meme. That's, you that. shall not pass. And he has a stick, too. I need to see it. I need to see him with his staff standing there. This <laughs> uh, <laughs> keeps going, doesn't it? I can't. I can't. Because now I'm picturing it in my head. Okay, I have to read this comment because it is worthwhile. Thomas says, when two walkers have sex, is that baby a called a crawler? <laughs> Uh, no, it's no. no. says, or another family. So, so that's kind of what I was saying. Is family enough to be a purpose, though, or does it uh, keeping your family alive? Yes, yes, because yes. yes. you're protecting. That's them. enough to be a purpose. But yeah. then, what happens I, when it? Um, isn't that what most people do now? Like, like now, that's yeah. our purpose. Like right <laughs> now. Ideally, <laughs> yeah. 
But like, what happens when that again? I strive to keep my son alive. Wait, (laughs) I I strive to keep my son alive. Yeah, but what happens when that passes you by? What happens to you after that? What do you mean? Because he doesn't need me anymore. That won't happen. My point about Joel is that was his. That is and continues to be is pre-apocalypse and continues to be his sole purpose. He just keeps finding chain-smoking family to be the protector of, but he does not have any ambitions of his own. Like yeah, like eating, shitting, and making money. But well, what is what ambition? is there to have in the apocalypse oh i want to be a dentist later like what what is what ambition is there other than staying alive and helping other people stay alive that's a good point it kind of makes that's also i will say that's also the appeal for us if i don't have to worry about all the extra garbage in life and all i had to worry about was keeping myself alive and keeping my family alive suddenly my days are full Mm -hmm. and i don't have time to be worried about anything else yeah nobody cares what shoes you're wearing in the apocalypse yeah 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 exactly and so that's the appeal the rat race is a literal rat race like (laughs) it's not it's not a metaphor anymore it's literal (laughs) so i'm racing these rats to get to this to the food (laughs) before they do yeah the whole reason why i even brought that up is to kind of compare kathleen to joel and tommy (laughs) because i can i can see that it's the parallel of of a sibling and a sibling lost and exactly what you do with yourself after that but joel still has hope kathleen does not kathleen has lost her hope well and essentially isn't kathleen no different than in some ways carol going after everybody that killed henry essentially right yeah we saw that worked out at the expense of the people who are who survived (laughs) right not to bring that chestnut up again but like (laughs) so they go they go through the trouble to bring down fedra because they want a better life but they're not having a better life because she's so bent on revenge that they're all going to die anyway right and not taking care of their food supply shoring up their defenses and obviously they're so desperate that they have to concoct these schemes and i'm sure that's common or i don't know maybe it isn't you can comment on that all you want but like they have these schemes around the city to stop strangers and get more supplies from other people that may be just like them that escaped other qz's he did it right joel said he did it too. exactly i got the impression that it was a something that people do he knew he recognized it right away so dog eat dog world you you, Mm -hmm. when you play the game of thrones you win or you die and they're all gonna die if they don't win that's why you shoot to kill in the apocalypse well yeah but it does kind of bring up the idea that isn't it interesting how like they had to become the monster to defeat the monster and now they have to be the oppressive force on others in order to survive which but we don't know we don't know enough about this group yet i mean they're oppressive on strangers because there's no unity anymore it's us or them humanity doesn't matter anymore yes that is 100 true on a practical utilitarian level but we as an audience live in relatively peaceful times so it's a very interesting confrontation of what we've got going now versus what we're looking through a pane of glass into another world where well this is the cost of having survival be the the first axiom or the the highest on the hierarchy of needs well you have to lose a little of your humanity keep your yourself alive let's say and so it's very confronting and there's a part of your brain oh i would obviously be the rick at first obviously at first not not later but i would obviously be the rick but maybe not i think they're doing a good job much in the way the walking dead does of having us confront our humanity in a peaceful time with the lack or the necessary shrugging of humanity in order to survive. And 
then we have to ask ourselves these moral questions of what would I do? And Rachel would shoot to kill first. No questions yep. asked. <laughs> I just, yep. I don't, I'm, yeah. s- I'm saying I don't know yeah. what I would do. And that's fair. Oh, I've gone and on you record would be dead. saying I would kill people for you would the be people dead. I love. Mm. I've talked about that here yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt in this, my mind. <laughs> this wasn't a situation where, where the guy was like, I may have fallen for the, oh, I need help. But like, Ellie shoots the guy who was clearly attacking Joel. Like, yeah. there's no question. You would, you would have mm. shot, you would have shot him too, David. You would have killed that man. If you were attacking the person that you were with, that was saving you, protecting you, you would have killed that person. Yeah, no, after watching the second time, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's, that's kind of my point. It's like, I'm not there. So I don't have that high blood pressure stake sort of situation. So on, upon watching it again, I, I actually wrote down what the kid says before he gets shot. Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, not B-R-I-A-N, Brian Castrillo, if you watch this further. Oh, he says, you're going to pay. Oh, well, this is when he busts through the door. You're going to pay. You just killed yourself, motherfucker. Like, what? Okay. And then afterwards, it's like a child. He is a child. That's, I think, what got me the most. It's okay. It's over. That's the startling part about it is like, you see him from afar. He doesn't look young he looks like right. he would be like a, a regular mid-20s 30s person where he's all blurred out and, and everything you see him you see him up close that's the intention that's the narrative that they're trying to hit you with is like here look at this he <laughs> looks like an npc babies babies be having babies they're gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be kids fighting you trying to kill you yeah yeah and like let me just read you what he actually says it's like it's okay it's over we're not fighting anymore it's it's what <laughs> It's, it's what children yeah, bitch you're paralyzed it's what, cho- why. It's so what children say when they're getting in trouble right <laughs> i just bullied anymore. a kid and like no we're not fighting anymore this mommy yeah. and he says my mom isn't far if you can get me to her we could trade with you guys we could be friends why can't i move my legs yeah it's i just it's just so startling and it, it does remind me of what sharon and i were talking about when it comes to revolutionaries specifically the biggest indicator of how they can go wrong is the, the french revolutionary war where yes of course it was oppressive uh, people were going hungry let them eat cake and then french revolution happens and it gets dark <laughs> and every and just like kathleen everybody's getting inquisitioned to the guillotine collaborators are put to death and people were put to the guillotine up to the early 1900s i want to say i remember the last one was uh last fri- one was in the 20s i think yeah frighteningly into the 20th century which is how <laughs> how ingrained that violent stain of culture managed to permeate france up until that point up until like almost the first world war that's crazy pants so they're kind of illustrating it really well here in kathleen and what she does and how everybody's going along with it just like everybody had to go along with it in Fedra, let's say, when they were under Fedra control. They went from one oppressor to another oppressor. And of course, nobody's going to speak up to the revolutionaries because those fuckers beat the other fuckers. So nobody's going to speak up. You know what? They're not as bad as the other guys until they realize it, that they're going hungry and maybe some of their people are getting killed. Among those people are Sam and Henry. And what I said in the last episode, after really looking at, the, at this episode, killing the doctor, not telling their own people about whatever it is underneath the concrete it's like going after these kids at the expense of everybody else and i was thinking to myself she can't be that crazy yeah she can be that crazy doctors don't do too well in this apocalyptic world apparently <laughs> even the again don't be don't be a doctor in the apocalypse and it does doesn't it kind of go back to what you're talking about about family because this doctor happened to deliver kathleen and yet she turned on that family for the sake of her know, own I'm, revenge i don't know if i'm ready to call kathleen crazy yet i don't know enough about her her actions to me don't say crazy 
crazy yet. I feel like well, they did to me. She has her reasons, and we don't know what they are yet. That's what I said in the reaction video, and then I, I guess they're painting me into a corner where I go with my original gut instinct, like, oh, she has, she might have her reasons. These kids might be even crazier than her, and obviously one of them is responsible for her brother's death. Do we know they're kids? Why do we think they're kids? Well, I saw them. We like saw them. See them right at the we end. Saw them at the end of the episode. Um, that's them. Why do we, why do we yeah, know that that's, that's Henry them? and yeah, Sam? It's, it's why Henry do we know Sam. that's them? Because of the the drawings on the wall where they were hiding out. That's literally them. Because one of them, yeah. a Superman. Yeah, Henry is, yeah. is is in the grease paint yeah, from yeah. the photos. The little, he had the he has he had a, like a little mask paint or on Sam. his face. Sam. Oh, Sam. Sam. Sam is the little Sam, one. Henry yeah. is the bigger one. Yeah, and and Henry is is basically Henry a teenager. Is yeah, he's like a teen. Yeah, he's a teenager. Yeah, I don't know the way she kept going on about Henry, and we got to find Henry. It felt almost like he wasn't real, like it was somebody she made up. Right. For them I to felt go. like I he like, was going to be like, like already dead or something. Right. She's and like, she and Henry like, did yeah. this, and Henry did that, and Henry's responsible for this. And I was like, is this even somebody real, or is this just some shit she's made up? Because what got then, of me... course, we see who it is, but I'm like, well, what? She's after these kids? Like, it, they're That's they're what made kids. me think she's kind of nuts, was the like, Henry probably radioed into these people. I'm like, she's right. crazy. <laughs> right. That was right. Like, the way she kept bringing up Henry. Henry probably right. Like you have no idea, and you're just telling these people this. That and the whole I'm willing to ignore this giant pit of pulsating whatever. I'm willing to just turn around and be like, I'll deal with that later, and not um, tell her people to go after two children. To me, just right. who just could literally be anywhere in this city. <laughs> Like, could literally be anywhere, but they're going to send their meager resources of people to go look for these two kids. Yeah, and not only could uh, literally she, be anywhere. I th- think that the thing that really got me into thinking that, like I said, I was on where Rachel was at. I was totally like, maybe she has her reasons. But then when she said, this is this was the thing, out of all the things, out of all the effing things, she says, get more guards around our provisions. Like, these two are so threatening. On top of, like, let's not tell our people about this pulsating fung, fung meat monster, fungus monster. I don't know. <laughs> these kids are so dangerous that they need more guards on their food because they ran out of food in their old hideout. They're obviously going after maybe our food. They, maybe they are. I mean, I wonder what these kids do. See, and I'm going to contradict what I I just said because of you, Rachel, let me throw more evidence in your direction. And that is one of the drawings in the room is of one of them as a superhero, obviously, is hovering over a what appears to be either a Fedra soldier or a revolutionary because it's an it's a figure in riot gear, essentially. So it could be a Fedra soldier. So they were part of the revolutionary war, let's just call it. They were that skilled enough to be a part of it, or they were that savvy enough to have a clear role in it, or it's them fighting the people Kathleen and her people I don't know I mean this whole like Henry's the one who killed my brother do we even know that that's actually true well, he ratted her brother out to Fedra so that's the thing like that's what she thinks but, well, and we don't yeah, because she's also asking the doctor she's also blaming the doctor yeah. for doing so like too, we don't know 100% if it's actually Henry or if he just is like this bitch is crazy I gotta get away from her and he goes or it's more like so her brother died and maybe Henry was the one who would haul ass so she automatically pinned it on Assume. Henry and Sam right yeah. right mm-hmm. and so like I said, she could be focusing more less on justice than on keeping her people fed, safe, shored up, all those things. That's the thing well, with I mean, purpose when it turns into an obsession. Henry isn't going to matter if they're all dead from the pulsating bean sprout <laughs> among, under the floor. Among so many things with, that can go wrong. So let's we'll re- just call it the Sarlacc again. I, hey, I'm going with Balrog. I like pulsating <laughs> bean sprout monster. <laughs> 
such a mouthful. I like it. (laughs) I did want to mention that Lieutenant Perry, who is the very handsome right-hand man. (laughs) That's Jeffrey Price. That's who plays him. From? Jeffrey Price voiced Tommy in the games. Yes. Yeah, in the inside of the episode, and I will say this: I don't want to ruin anything, but I I know for a fact that is not the first nor the last time that someone who voiced somebody in the video game will be on the show. Kirsten was one, wasn't Marlene? Yeah, Yeah, we mentioned that. Marlene was one. one. Kirsten just posted a clip of her meeting the actor Ian Alexander, the actor who plays Lev on HBO's Last of Us. So she just had an interview with him. Now Lev doesn't appear in the video games until the second part, but apparently Lev will show up in the series as far as the how this is going to go it's interesting mm. but we will p- i'll post that interview interesting. in the blog i don't think i'm going to be done with the games before the end of the season i th- i think at some point it might not even matter right unless you play the I whole thing all the way through and then you can backtrack and write notes and yeah. whatever yeah i but mean it's- i'll i really want to get through the game for the sake of this but i don't know that it's going to matter a ton yeah well maybe maybe pivy says you're practically asking for jokes about pulsating meat monsters i am actually thomas says a pulsing monster in my pants. Not uh, meat monster, bean sprout monster. It's a bean sprout fungal meat, meat monster. Substitute. Right. It's it's <laughs> it's the impossible meat. <laughs> anyway, Lois says maybe she'll kill her brother, and Henry's Henry's seen it. Yeah, maybe her brother went against her. Oh, that's that's, that's interesting. That's a interesting. really cool theory, actually. Hmm. Yeah, and and she's like just that. using Henry and Sam as a as an excuse, as a way to hide it. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, which makes I it like even that. more hairy Perry as Pivey says. <laughs> Lois says, who knows, Who knows? but maybe there's more to the story. Yeah, and that's that, what I said in the reaction. It's like, I'm trying to hold judgment, but everything she does makes it seem that she's just more bent than worried about the whole reason why they overthrew Fedra in the first place, which is freedom and to keep people safe in the manner in which they want to be safe. Okay, Thomas says, Troy Baker is supposed to be in it. Yeah, that's uh, Troy Baker. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but we will, I know that's going to happen later on. Uh, Lois says he knows something and needs to shut him up. Ooh, me? I like that even better. She thinks Henry or Sam knows something and she needs to get them before they find somebody in the revolutionaries that they will tell that it to essentially so it's not about getting him for ratting out her brother it may be something that Henry and Sam know about that she doesn't want getting out essentially that I like that I like what Joel says in the beginning when he mentions that they had plows so that they can get the tanks through the, the highways and stuff like that and she goes you'll he goes you'll be seeing a lot of those including like tanks helicopters etc but he says something very innocuous and he says but they'll fight the wrong enemy just scattered around now what do you think he means by that it was really ominous it was like a really weird just moment almost said it in a throwaway manner because it makes you think I thought it was in reference to they ended up fighting people right which they did we saw that in the mass grave the ditch scene in the mass grave in the previous episode on top of that you're fighting against nature oh please and they couldn't win okay okay they couldn't win it was impossible they they tried and obviously they were brutally beaten down yeah you can't fight a hurricane right you know what I mean like or you can't same thing you can't fight a virus with tanks and helicopters essentially also yeah, yeah. But, but you're right but it could also refer to people I kind of thought it was in reference to both that's the wrong enemy you shouldn't be fighting people you should have been banded together to fight against this but on top of that you're fighting nature and you can't fight nature so right but you also you also have to consider where they're headed towards too and it's not Fedra it's the fireflies so that kind of makes me wonder from which perspective he's talking so if it's the fireflies they're all scattered refers to what like their whole thing is about the cure right he's kind of like saying it doesn't matter just like to contrast 
saying Tommy's a joiner. There's no point. Humanity is not going to win. It's just interesting to see like everybody seems to have their purpose or making up a purpose like Kathleen is making up a purpose to keep her going. And it's weird to see that Joel is like firmly placed in the center, but he too is not immune from this. He keeps talking to Tommy as if he's a joiner, but he himself has always had somebody to protect. So I just think it's, he's like, he's a hypocrite, essentially. He's a hypocrite. He he acts like he's not affiliated with anybody, even Ellie to a point. And then all of a sudden he's, he's being infected by her wanting to protect her, his obsession, his whole reason for being ever. So I just, it's, it's really cool to see narratively. Walking Dead Eternal says, at least Kathleen isn't Jadis crazy. I prefer Jadis. Anyway, Lois says she is scared and scared people do irrational things. Ah, uh, right. would you classify her as being scared though? Unless it's going know. on Lois's theory that she is scared of what they have, what information they have to use against her. I like that. And maybe the brother's the excuse or is just something she made up just to get at them. At best, she's blinded by vengeance. And that makes more sense to me, by the way. <laughs> at best. <laughs> so Yeah, I think it might be a good thing that I can't comprehend that crazy. And maybe, again, we live in comfort in front of a glass pane. And so it's hard to put ourselves in her shoes. <laughs> Thank God. I'm going to be so sad when that beautiful white hair gets soaked in blood. The Perry's uh, <laughs> white hair? <laughs> Lieutenant Perry. Lieutenant Perry. Yeah, he's a sexy beast. I hope he makes it. Sure do. What did you call him when we were watching the episode? I was like, who is this delicious, tall drink of water or something? She's like, oh, it's the... What's the... What are you, flapper the, girl in the 20s? Some, no, she calls... Oh, is this tall drink of water? <laughs> oh, I called him cleaned up, beta? long-haired beta or right. something like that. Beta that took several showers. Called, yeah. Cle- cleaned some... up, non-crazy beta. Blow-dried non-crazy, beard. Non-crazy, non-crazy beta, that's what it was. And I was like, I also Ooh, told you, okay. Babe, I also told you when you said you were worried about him dying. I said, well, did he be your, he'd be your type? <laughs> <laughs> True. Right? So now we know. The dead die. type. Just for <laughs> yeah. reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the dead. Yeah, that was from the... Um, <laughs> Which episode was that from the Tales of the Walking Dead episode? Was that from? That's from a lot of that was yeah, from a lot of episodes. This is the dead type for, her for that <laughs> yeah, for a while Glenn. now. <laughs> Ever since it came yeah. up, it's just a repeating theme. Thank God we, it hasn't gone Glenn, away. Beta, right? I have uh, a type. Yeah. Nacho, <laughs> not the, the, the unavailable dead type. Right. <laughs> oh, it started with Nacho. That's where oh, yeah, that's yeah, where it started. That's right. And it Nacho. just kept going too. It's great. Yep, Glenn, Beta, Nacho, mm. this dude. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's dead. He's meat. gonna die. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I just, I just signed your death warrant. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, Constable yeah. Bert. <laughs> he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be dragged into the pulsating Sarlacc, Sarlacc pit. pit. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Kathleen told him to leave it alone, and he's not gonna be able to. He's gonna get like dragged under the impossible he's fungus. He's gonna pull a real Boba Fett. <laughs> maybe, maybe there you go. <laughs> Rachel's wet. Well, actually, no, because if he lives, she won't be into him anymore. So they, they this is true. No survivors. No survivors. Nobody survives. Wow, what a tragic like, love life. Like, dude, he's so hot. He's just so alive. He's too alive for me. He's too alive. Well, let's see the other, the next episode. I'm not interested. Yes. Wait, I'm, I'm waiting to it. decide for the next episode. It's like the second date. Maybe he'll die in the second date. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> That's how you know know he's meant for you. (laughs) If he dies. Oh my gosh. Swoon. If we see this dude make out with a bean sprout monster, that might be too much. You think? I don't know. It might be like that on the line razor's edge of attraction. Imagine she's a bean sprout monster then. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, this could get weird. <laughs> oh, to be those bean sprouts. Oh, oh gross. I know this is this is oh has something God. to do with last week's episode, but I just want to say how weird it is to watch Parks and Rec after watching oh, last yeah. week's episode. <laughs> Not at all that weird. Anyway. <laughs> Um, no, I was going to say on the note of whispers, uh, that thing at the end, the how this the episode ends with Sam doing the shh thing, like a la, a la Alpha, really, like the promos no. for The Walking Dead. That that wasn't a mask he was painting on his face. It was the Ouroboros, like she's got on her belt. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Bridget? It's his dirt circles around his eyes. <laughs> For okay, yeah, just the way dirt circles is not dirt circles, not what people really call like eye makeup or like dirt circles. (laughs) Dirt circles, they just put dirt in circles around their eyes. Dirt circles, circles. you know, Bridget. Bridget, yeah, you have a way with words. <laughs> okay, a t- southerner. Let's just dirt we'll circles sounds like dirt circles sound like some confused aliens came down. Well, when you said dirt circles, my first thought was they like missed the, they missed the crops. <laughs> just went for the dirt. <laughs> the dirt circles. It's the kind of aliens that go to the desert instead. Yeah, <laughs> they went to the yeah. beach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, the beach. The, my first thought was you went like brown town. Like it's like an anus. The dirt circles. Oh, there's anuses everywhere. Why do you immediately go to a but David, you dirt that circles like a personal problem. It's not got anything to do with me. Like when a dog is nobody, trying to clean his butt on the butts. carpet, you know that's the dirt. He's creating dirt circles. Anyway, no, nobody brought grind it in. You went there. One yeah, that went. wouldn't even be a circle because it's dragging. You need to take responsibility so for like, what I thought. Shapes, learn your shapes. Clearly, no, I'm I'm in the wrong here. It's fine. It's fine. Thomas says maybe maybe she has to find Henry because she she he has the lube she likes to use for the zombie sex. <laughs> Walking Dead Eternal says Negan did make out with a zombie walker. I mean Alpha. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> emojis. David, you're disgusting. Thomas, I'm disgusting. Just- Disgusting. I'm disgusting. Well, you're disgusting. in good company, I suppose. Can Shall I ask we? A real serious question sh- first. Okay. Yes, I know where this is going. Where is it? Do you know why the scarecrow won an award? Because of his standing in his field. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt circles. Bye, y'all. Why does that get me? In <sighs> with that, everybody. <laughs> disappointing ending no i'm kidding thank you very much for joining us on this live stream discussing the last of us's disgusting fourth episode ending. yeah this is a dirt circle ending with the sarlacc circle with the impossible sarlacc meat circle it's impossible dirt circles in the sarlacc we're all a, you know what we're all we're all a bunch of dirt circles <sighs> if you like what you heard Head over to ratethispodcast.com slash Dead five stars in a dirt circle is all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. But tell us after every episode. And if you really like what we're doing, all we ask from you, pretty please, is, is head over 
to kl-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us. We don't need you to buy us a coffee to show your support. You know, on this stream, if you do, you, the message will pop up saying how much you love us forever. And you don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month. All we ask is so that you follow us there so that you're in the know about the things that we do behind the scenes. Some of the things that we do that are for free are we post our recording schedules for you to join us for free in the pre-recording episodes. But you also get to know when we drop our unedited episode recordings of which we are we just dropped the uh collaboration i did with on tap the full unedited mess as well as the unedited interviews from that's my viewing party the walking dead series finale viewing party in covington georgia we are we will be posting the edited video of our conversation of rachel's conversation with chris twellman who is german abe from abraham's army and that is worth any of that usable yes any of that usable (laughs) it is it is literally 20 it's 23 minutes unedited guess how much i had to shorten it to it was 23 minutes minutes yeah three minutes no 13 you got three minutes so 10 10 whole inappropriate for popular consumption Mm -hmm. minutes are available for you unedited on ko-fi or patreon and it's so worth watching i will be making an unedited reel of all the interviews all in one take and that one's gonna be the second one and we'll be releasing the edited version of that tomorrow so follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead or patreon.com slash squawking dead if you tip us you'll be able to get that and anything else in our back catalog for 30 days but uh feel free to join a membership tier you can join our discord server where you'll get more information and much more conversation from us than we even post on patreon or ko-fi i've been your host david cameo and you we were joined you were joined by cosmom09 rachel burt sharon d aka blazy gardner and bridget ko-fi.com slash punky brewster that's p-u-n-k-y-b-r-u-a-s-e-t-e-r thanks so much for tuning in thomas and lois walking dead eternal and brian yeah and thanks guys. lois everybody. Bye, guys. ivy thank you have a good night hey rachel i have a serious question for you you ready <laughs> she's not ready <laughs> what do ticks and the eiffel tower have in common ticks and the eiffel. i don't know what they're both paris sites <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you later. Good night. (laughs) Fuck out of here. Thank you, Audio Podcast, for making it to the end of this episode, the fourth episode of The Last of Us's first inaugural season on HBO. And as always, we like to thank our supporters at the end of every episode. It's a little perk they receive when they join the upper tiers on either ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead. Starting with the survivors tier, whose main perk is the ability to join us on these episode breakdowns on camera and mic. And they are at RealRyanGM on Twitter, at Elisa Jones. 71 on Instagram and fanartlindy, ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy. Moving along to the Whispers tier members, we've got Judith.Morton on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, who's at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Phillip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook, at J13Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, at MRTNYVet on Twitter, at Agent of Trauma on both Instagram and Twitter, and NewBaby420 on Instagram and Tyler 
Hashiyama on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us. We really hope to see you again soon. And if you missed it, we actually released our second interview from That's My Viewing Party, the Walking Dead series finale viewing party in Covington, Georgia, with Chris Twelman. We mentioned that at the end of this episode, the audio podcast will be released right after this one. And our final interview from That's My Viewing Party will premiere next week with William Bell, background actor extraordinaire, former savior, and died a hilltopper during the Whisperer War. Take a listen, he's got a lot of things to say, and I can't wait to share that with you, as well as more episodes from The Last of Us. We'll see you in the next one, and we are Squawking Dead. Thank you.